I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode, we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history. And today we're going to be talking about the case of Brenda Delgado. So I first came across this case when I was actually browsing through the FBI's most wanted lists, you know, as you do. So I was browsing through the lists from the last few years and I was looking at the list from 2016 and there was a woman on there and that is what caught my attention because literally 99.99% of the FBI's most wanted from all years, pretty much, they're all men. So when I saw that there was a woman there, I was like, what? And obviously that woman was Brenda Delgado, who we are going to be talking about today. And actually, interestingly, Brenda was only the ninth woman in history to make it onto the FBI's top 10 most wanted list, which I think is crazy. So obviously I wanted to look into the case of Brenda Delgado and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So it turned out that there was a bit of a love triangle. If you want to call it that, it wasn't your typical love triangle because only Brenda was aware of this love triangle. But there was a bit of a love triangle going on between Brenda, her ex, and then his new girlfriend. And the fact that her ex was moving on, he was in a very happy relationship. Brenda did not take this well at all. And she turned into an obsessive, jealous ex. And I really do mean the worst kind of jealous ex imaginable. And we have got a lot to get into today. And it can be a little bit confusing at times. I'm going to warn you there. So there are a lot of names that come into this case. So just just try and keep up with me. As always, I've tried to make it as simple and easy to follow as possible. So let's just dive in. Brenda Delgado was born on the 18th of June, 1982, making her a Gemini. She was born in central Mexico to her parents, Luis and Maria Delgado. Now her dad worked as a factory worker, but it just got to a point where he just wanted a fresh start for his family. He felt like there would be more opportunities for him and his family in the US. So the whole Delgado family moved from Mexico to Dallas, Texas. And this is when Brenda was a pretty young child. I don't know exactly the age that they moved to Dallas, Texas, but she was very young and they settled in the area of Dallas called Pleasant Grove. Her dad then found work in the construction industry and her mom started to work for the US Postal Service. Now, Brenda as a child has been described as pretty quiet, pretty shy, not really that outgoing, but she was also described as like a pretty sweet, caring, kind, considerate child. Now, one thing about Brenda is that she excelled in school and she was absolutely loved and adored by all of her teachers. Like she she really did well in school. So as well as really dedicating a lot of her time to her schoolwork, she also worked two part-time jobs when she was in school. So she worked as a florist and a waitress when she was in high school. So another trait that Brenda had that a lot of people commented on is her work ethic and how great her work ethic was. Like she just wanted to succeed in life. So then her dream after graduating was to one day attend medical school. And Brenda begged and begged her parents to send her to medical school, but her parents just couldn't afford the tuition fees. So Brenda never actually ended up going to college. She ended up staying living with her parents and she got a job as a dental assistant in Dallas because this was the closest thing that she could get to working in the medical profession without actually having to get like a degree and everything 
to work. You, you know what I mean? So we're gonna jump forward 12 years now. Brenda is now 30 and we're jumping 12 years because pretty much nothing significant happens. Brenda is still working as a dental assistant in Dallas. She has now moved out of her parents' home and she's renting a room off one of her married friends. And it was at this point in her life in August, 2012, that Brenda meets a man called Dr. Ricardo Peniagua, but he goes by Ricky. Now, Ricky is described as extremely hardworking, very close to his family. He grew up in a trailer park in California before going on to attend medical school at Stanford University. So now in August, 2012, Ricky is living in Dallas, Texas, and he's working as a dermatologist. Now, I don't actually know Ricky's exact age because it was reported as different ages in different sources. So we're just gonna say that Ricky was mid to late 30s at this point. Also, when Ricky first met Brenda, he was in the final stages of a divorce. So it's said that when Ricky first met Brenda, there was just something about her that caught his eye. And in particular, Ricky liked Brenda's work ethic. He liked how ambitious she was. So he asked her out and their first date was at a JLo concert. Like, can you imagine? your first date being at a JLo concert. Like seriously. And the two of them hit it off instantly, instant connection. And they continued to date after this. And Brenda was absolutely thrilled about this. Brenda had always dreamed of marrying a doctor, which is pretty strange to be honest, but yeah, she had always dreamed from a very young age that she was going to marry a doctor. And the reason why she wanted to marry a doctor, because I suppose I can wrap my head around you wanting to marry a doctor because of the kind of work they do. Oh no, no, Brenda wanted to marry a doctor because of how much money they made. And this was a huge deal for Brenda. She liked that Ricky was a dermatologist because I don't know this for sure, because I, I don't know, but apparently dermatologists do earn a lot of money. They are one of the highest earners. At least that's what I read. I don't know. And this was very important to Brenda. She would constantly go around to everyone that she knew and was like, I'm dating a doctor, but I'm dating a dermatologist. And she would just talk to people about how much money Ricky earned. And it, it's like, that's weird. And other people clearly thought that it was weird as well because Brenda would just make people really, really uncomfortable. But then it is also said that Brenda did want to date a doctor because she wanted to date someone that was in the same industry that she was passionate about, which I can understand that. So she was thrilled that she had met Ricky, who was a doctor. He was young, handsome, and rich. And Brenda was like, I'm not letting this one go. So after three months of dating, Brenda's living situation changed. Remember that Brenda is currently renting the spare room of her friend who's married. So her married friend was just moving on with her life. And I don't know what moving on means. I don't know if they were moving house or maybe they were having children or I don't know and they needed the extra room or maybe they just didn't want Brenda living with them anymore. But Brenda basically had nowhere to live. So she asked Ricky if she could move in. And at first Ricky was just like, we've only been dating three months. Like this is moving pretty quickly. But even though Ricky did have his reservations, he was crazy about Brenda. So he did agree that she could move in and things were going absolutely great. <laughs> but as we all know, that doesn't last very long, but it does last for a little while. So six months after they start dating, three months after they start living together, it's Ricky's birthday and Brenda posts on Facebook, happy birthday to the most amazing and smartest man I know. Ricky, you are my best friend. I love you 
you with all my heart and I can't imagine life without you. Later that year as well, Brenda did start a college course where she attended dental hygiene school. And this is something that Brenda had dreamed of since high school. She was finally going to be a qualified medical professional. However, something else did happen in the first year of Brenda and Ricky's relationship that really did affect Brenda. And that is that she fell pregnant. But after discussing the pregnancy with Ricky, the two of them decided together that it was best for the situation that they were in right now to get an abortion. But this whole situation took its toll on Brenda. It was extremely distressing. And I think the thing that got her through having an abortion was that she vowed to have children with Ricky at some point down the line. So now we are at the start of 2014 and it has been just over a year into their relationship. And it was at this point that Ricky gave Brenda a promise ring. And the two of them did start to talk about marriage and those conversations about like future and all stuff like that. Like things were heading in that direction. However, it was at the same time really that problems started to arise in the relationship. And one of the really big problems in their relationship was the fact that Ricky's family did not like Brenda at so remember that I said that Ricky is very close to his family. They're like this. The opinion of his family of the person that he's seeing was very important to Ricky and they did not like Brenda at all. So Ricky's family thought that Brenda was just very rude, entitled, controlling. And obviously we know that her intentions and her priorities are not in the right place because obviously she prioritizes money over everything else. So of course, because Ricky's family weren't big fans of Brenda, this didn't exactly go down too well. And this started to cause problems in the relationship. And I think as well, because Ricky was really close with his family, he started to listen to his family about all of these negative traits of Brenda. And he started to see those traits himself because before he had his love goggles on, he wasn't really seeing Brenda for what she was, but now, he had started to see all of these negative traits. So if you couldn't guess by the kind of case that we're doing today, but Brenda was an extremely jealous person and beyond the normal jealous amount that you can get in a relationship. Oh no, no. She would accuse Ricky all the time of being inappropriate with other women, flirting with other women in front of her, possibly even cheating on her. And Brenda also thought that every single other woman wanted Ricky. They wanted what was hers. And Brenda expected Ricky to basically tell every single woman that he came across that he was in a relationship. It's like, what was she expecting? Was she expecting Ricky to just go up to people like, hi, my name's Ricky and I'm in a relationship with Brenda. It's like... It, it just got too far. It was too much. And of course, another negative trait of Brenda that we all know is that she prioritized money. She liked everybody else to know that she was dating a doctor and she demanded expensive gifts from Ricky. She expected him to take her on all of these luxury holidays because she wanted everybody else to see this luxury lifestyle that she wanted to lead. So we are now a few months down the line. It is now July 2014. And this is approximately two years after they start dating or Ricky breaks up with Brenda. So Ricky kind of did that whole, oh, it's not you, it's me kind of thing. He told Brenda, I just want some time on my own. I want some time to figure things out, but we should still remain friends, which it could be true, but 
let's be honest, I think he was breaking up with Brenda because she was not a very nice person, but that is how Ricky broke up with her. And Brenda was absolutely devastated by this. She begged and begged Ricky to take her back, to not break up with her, but Ricky was having none of it. He had already made up his mind and he was like, no, this relationship is over. So Brenda's plan changed from this moment on. She was like, okay, she didn't tell Ricky this, but she was like, okay, so now that we're not dating, I'm still going to do everything in my power to stay in this man's life as much as possible. So Ricky had said that they should remain friends and Brenda really took this and ran with it. She made sure that she was there all the time. Anytime Ricky would need help around the house, like anything fixing, chores or anything, Brenda would be like, hi, I'm here, I'll help you. And it got to a point where Ricky was like, you know what, back off, like I don't need your help, like kind of go away. And I think Ricky did kind of figure out that she hadn't really moved on. She was still clinging to their relationship. And he did say to Brenda, I think you should move on. Like, oh, this is not good. But there was something else that was keeping Brenda connected to Ricky. And that is that Brenda's mom was Ricky's housekeeper. Like even if things do end and the couple decide to remain friends and everything, is it not just weird that your mom would continue on cleaning your ex's house? Like, is that just not really weird? So after they broke up, Brenda's mom would continue going to Ricky's house and clean it, which also meant that she had a copy of Ricky's house keys, which then meant that Brenda has access to Ricky's house keys. And yes, Brenda did used to take that key to access Ricky's apartment. Of course she did. And this is where things get very stalkery. So Brenda, with the access to Ricky's apartment, would go in when Ricky wasn't there, obviously, and go onto his computer and check up on what he's been doing. She would access his emails to see like what he'd been buying, who he'd been speaking to. She would also check his bank account, like to see how much money, where exactly he was spending it. Being on his computer as well, she got access to all of his passwords for his email, social media, um, pretty much everything. So she wrote down all of his passwords so she could spy on him more conveniently from her own home and she wouldn't have to break in next time. Brenda then made a copy of Ricky's driving license and social security card. And I haven't got a clue what she was planning here with the driving license and the social security card. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what she was planning, but she just thought it was a good idea. So Brenda having this access to pretty much Ricky's entire life, this meant as soon as Ricky signed up for an online dating site, Brenda knew straight away. But not only did she know, she would monitor what Ricky would do, who he would speak to, and who would speak to Ricky. There were a couple of times when people did message Ricky, clearly interested in going on a little date with him, but Brenda managed to get onto the dating site before Ricky and delete the message so Ricky would never see it. So then Ricky was left thinking that nobody was interested in him, but people were interested in him, he just didn't know. So he thought, okay, this online dating thing doesn't seem to be working out for me, I'm gonna try and do something else. So Ricky decides that he's gonna try and meet someone in person because the online dating thing is not working. And as the weeks go on, Brenda is becoming more and more obsessed with Ricky. That is pretty much all she would talk about. So Ricky, out living his life, trying to find a partner, decides that he's going to join a salsa dance class because he's heard that that is quite a good place to find somebody, to find a partner, to find someone to go on a date with. So it was the kind of salsa class where you're dancing with your partner 
and then you switch. It was one of those and you would keep switching. So you would dance with everyone at least once. So Ricky goes to his first class. It's great. He has a lot of fun. He doesn't find anyone on his first class, but he's had a lot of fun. He's met some new people. So he decides to go again. And I think we all know where this is going, don't we? So in his second salsa class, guess who is there? Brenda. And Ricky, when he sees Brenda, he's like, oh my God, what a strange coincidence. But we all know that this is not a coincidence. Oh no, no. Brenda knew full well that Ricky was going to these salsa classes and she decided to go along as well. And she thought, you know what? Me and Ricky will dance together in this salsa class and it'll be all sexy and then he'll fall in love with me again. And can you believe it? That is exactly what happened. So after this salsa class, Ricky thinks that it was fate that Brenda was there and they get back together. I cannot believe that that plan worked. Like I can't, it, oh, I can't. So now Ricky and Brenda are dating again. It is September, 2014. So they've been broken up for approximately two to three months at this point. And when they decide to get back together, they do decide to carry on living separately because they think that that's gonna help their relationship work better because obviously they lived together before. However, their relationship, <laughs> didn't work. I mean, shocker. And after five months of dating again, they broke up in February 2015. And Ricky decided to break up with Brenda over email. And I can't help but wonder if Brenda knew that that email was coming, because if you're going to break up with someone over email, first of all, that's pretty shitty of someone, but I can forgive Ricky because of how crazy Brenda is. So if you're going to break up with someone over email, Surely you write out a draft and like change it, reread it, change a few things again. I almost wonder, did Brenda see that draft? I don't know if that happened. In my head it did. And as you can imagine, Brenda did not take this breakup very well at all. So Ricky decides to move on pretty quickly um, and sign up to dating sites again, pretty much instantly after he broke up with Brenda. And of course, Brenda is stalking him, monitoring everything. So she knows about this straight away. And Ricky is actually more successful this time during dating. I don't know why. Clearly, Brenda allowed some messages to go through. So Ricky is going on a few dates with various people. But guess who he always seems to bump into on every single date? Yes, Brenda. She turns up on every single date. Like if he's going to a restaurant, she'll also be there eating or getting takeout or something. And she'll be like, oh, hi. And she'll say things like, oh, isn't this strange that we keep bumping into each other? I mean, I think she thinks that by showing up all the time, Ricky will take her back, which to be honest, I can't blame her for thinking like that because Ricky did take her back from the salsa class, like that stupid little plan. But it wasn't just dates that Brenda would just randomly show up on. So Ricky liked to go out jogging and he used to jog through this park quite often. And who would he see running past him in the opposite direction nearly every single time he was out running? Brenda. And all of these times that Brenda was showing up on dates, just when he was out at the shops or when he was running, Ricky thought that all of these times were just weird coincidences. How? 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 I'm sorry. No. One or two times, that may be a coincidence. But when it starts to become, pretty much every time he goes out, that's not a coincidence. So I bet you're thinking, how the hell does Brenda know exactly where Ricky is going to be, exactly when he's going to be there? Well, that's because Brenda has access to Ricky's iCloud account. And she's using the Find My iPhone app to pretty much access where Ricky is 
24-7. And Ricky didn't have a clue about this. And this is where I have a little tip, a little advice for every single one of you watching right now. If you ever break up with someone, change your passwords to everything because you just never know. And Brenda, literally all she did with her life was go to work and check up on Ricky, check up on his social media, check up on his emails, check on his bank account, check on everything, show up to wherever Ricky was. I mean, to be honest, I'm really surprised that Ricky didn't get a restraining order. Brenda actually did try quite hard to keep all of this information from Ricky because obviously she didn't want to let on to the fact that she was stalking him basically. So whenever she would bump into him, she wouldn't mention anything about where he'd been or how much money she'd spent. Like she was very careful to not slip up. It just seemed that Brenda at this point was quite content just to sit back and monitor Ricky from afar. She was quite content to watch Ricky go on all of these dates and because all of them were not very successful dates they never really went further than one or two dates Brenda was quite content to just sit back and watch all of Ricky's failed attempts at dating but all of this was soon about to change because in May 2015 Ricky met a woman Dr Kendra Hatcher So Ricky met Kendra through Tinder and Kendra was 35 years old and she was working as a pediatric dentist. And Kendra grew up in quite a small town. The town that she grew up in only had a population of 800 people. And the little town that she grew up in was just outside of Springfield, Illinois. Now Kendra was a very hardworking person. She was very intelligent, very kind, very generous. She was the captain of the volleyball team as well as the cheerleading squad. She was a very high achiever, but she also dedicated a lot of her time Time to helping others. She gave back to the community by hosting Bible study sessions to those less fortunate than her. And she would also travel to churches in developing countries to help out in those churches as well. Kendra did graduate from college with a degree in dentistry and she found a job as a dentist soon after that. But again, her caring nature and wanting to help others didn't stop just because she got a job. Kendra would travel to many countries, one of them being Ecuador, where she would provide free dental care to those that couldn't afford it. Kendra was a very generous, very caring person. She truly did love to help others. Kendra did get married in college to her college boyfriend, but that relationship soon ended and she did get a divorce. And it was because of that divorce that she moved to Dallas, Texas. And this is where we are right now in the story. Kendra is 35 and this is when she meets Ricky. So like I said, they met on Tinder and as soon as Kendra saw Ricky's profile and his description, she instantly fell for him because on his profile, he wrote, living out my childhood dream as a physician, very happy and in a great place in my life. Enjoy running and exploring new places to me and opening the car door for my date. And Kendra and Ricky both fell for one another pretty much instantly and things moved very quickly in their relationship. Throughout the first couple of months of their relationship, they went to luxury restaurants, they took luxury vacations, they posted pictures of the two of them all over their social media and Ricky had even flown out Kendra to meet his family and we know how much Ricky's family meant to him and Ricky's family fell in love with Kendra because she was just such an amazing person. There was literally nothing not to like about Kendra. And Ricky's family embraced Kendra which is the exact opposite of what they did to Brenda. Brenda is sat at home 
watching all of this take place because she's still monitoring Ricky. She is still stalking him and she is furious. And I think the thing that she was struggling to cope with the most is that Ricky had found the person that he was supposed to be with. And the way Brenda saw it, she saw that Kendra was living the life that she was supposed to be leading. And Brenda still continued to pop up pretty much everywhere that Ricky was. Whenever he needed help, Brenda was all of a sudden there to help. And not only was Brenda obsessively stalking Ricky, she was also obsessively stalking Kendra as well. And what was just really weird is that Brenda had created a fake Facebook page and sent a friend request to Kendra. Kendra accepted this friend request and then Brenda and Kendra are friends. And I've just realized how similar their names are, Brenda, Kendra. But because Brenda was now friends with Kendra, even though she was under a different name, Brenda was seeing all of the things that Kendra was posting about Ricky and about Ricky's family. And this filled Brenda with so much rage. Brenda also started to turn up outside Kendra's apartment building and she would just sit in her car and watch the apartment building. And she would just watch out for Kendra leaving. She would just obsessively just watch the building and just try and get a glimpse of Kendra to just monitor what she was doing. I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, all of us as human beings are capable of jealousy and things like that, especially when love comes into it. But this is just, this is just excessive. Like what the actual hell, it's creepy. And it just baffles me how no one clocked onto this. I mean, everybody that knows Brenda knows that she's basically stalking Ricky. So I just don't know why no one tried to stop her, tried to go to the police to inform them. I just don't get it. And I really just don't get how Ricky is just being so obtuse in this whole situation and thinking every time that Brenda turns up, it's just a coincidence. So all of this stalking made Brenda very angry. I mean, of course it's going to, what did she expect? Every time Brenda saw Kendra and Ricky together, it just filled her with rage. And as time went on, she decided that she was going to do something about it. She wanted to punish both Ricky and Kendra for doing this to her. Brenda wanted to cause serious harm to both Ricky and Kendra, but she didn't want to do it herself. She didn't want to get her own hands dirty. So instead she reaches out to her cousin, Moses Martinez, and she goes to him and she's like, oh, hey, would you mind beating up my ex and his girlfriend? And her cousin is just like, are you crazy? Like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And the rest of the family do find out about Brenda asking her cousin to do this. And it does actually cause a huge family drama, huge family upset. Pretty much everyone falls out with Brenda, which I don't blame them. But Brenda doesn't care because she has tunnel vision right now. And her tunnel vision is that she wants to cause serious harm to Ricky and Kendra. Now that she has exhausted pretty much everyone she knows, she turns to strangers to help her out. And Brenda decides that she's gonna find someone living on the edge of society, basically just like lower level criminals, like those kinds of people, because she thinks that she will be able to convince them to do her dirty work for her. And one of the main parts of Brenda's plan in order to convince these strangers to do her dirty work for her, she was gonna offer them drugs and money in exchange for doing it, but she was also going to say that she was part of a cartel. Yes, she thought by telling people that she was a member of a cartel, this would be intimidating enough that these strangers, these people that she was gonna find, would be so scared to say no to her that they would agree. I also think as well that because she was going to approach lower level criminals by saying that she was part of a cartel, that would impress them. 
and that is why they would agree to do her dirty work as well. So Brenda went to the part of town that she was going to find these kinds of people. She drove around, she did approach a couple of people and one of the people that she came across was a woman called Jennifer. So Brenda is in Jennifer's apartment and she starts saying all of the crap that she is a member of the cartel and she needs somebody to murder Kendra Hatcher. Yes, that is right. Brenda has now escalated from wanting to seriously harm Kendra to now wanting to murder her. And she says to Jennifer, if you murder Kendra, I will give you a lifetime supply of drugs. Jennifer is just sat there listening to this and she's like, no, I am not going to kill anybody for anything. So Brenda left and Jennifer didn't agree to murder Kendra, but Brenda did not give up. Brenda then met another woman, Crystal Cortez. Now when Brenda met Crystal, she had absolutely no money. She was a single mom to a six-year-old child. And Brenda was just rubbing her hands together because she was like, great, I can use this to my advantage. So Brenda took Crystal to a fancy restaurant to butter her up. And she started telling Crystal all of these horrible stories about Ricky and Kendra. And then she approached Crystal with the exact same question that she had asked Jennifer, would she kill Kendra? in exchange for a lifetime supply of drugs. And this time Brenda decided to give Crystal a little bit of a better deal and throw in a free car and $500. And unbelievably, Crystal agreed. So it is now August, 2014. This is just a couple of months after Ricky and Kendra first start dating. And throughout the next few days, Crystal accompanies Brenda on her spying trips of Kendra. And the two of them in the car would just discuss the various ways that they could kill Kendra. I know that Crystal is in a very difficult position right now. She is a single mom. She has absolutely no money to provide for her child but there is no excuse for this. Absolutely no excuse for sitting in a car with somebody discussing different ways to murder somebody. I just cannot get my head around this. They did come up with a plan that injecting Kendra with a lethal dose of heroin, that would be a good idea. However, they soon moved on from this plan and decided that a gun would be better. But neither one of them owned a gun and neither one of them had experience with a gun either which I don't know if this is just, I don't know, pretty ignorant of me. I don't know, but Crystal thinks that Brenda is part of the cartel. Wouldn't you think that someone who is a member of the cartel would own a gun or at least know how to handle one? I don't know if that's just being, re being really ignorant. I don't know. So because neither one of them had any experience with a gun, they decided they needed to bring a third person in on the plan. So they started to drive around Crystal's neighborhood asking various people if they would be willing to shoot somebody for money. They are not being subtle about this plan whatsoever. And this is when they found a man called Christopher Love. Christopher was 31 years old at this point and he had a pretty detailed criminal record. He had been convicted of aggravated assault, aggravated battery and burglary of a residence. Christopher was currently working as a small-time marijuana dealer but he was looking to expand his business. And that was to set up a prostitute ring. And Christopher needed a decent amount of cash to set up this new business venture of his. So when Brenda turned up telling him that she was a member of a cartel, that if he shot someone for her, she would give him a lifetime supply of drugs and also three grand in cash. And Christopher jumped at this. He thought that this was his big chance to make connections with the cartel and go from a small time drug dealer to a big time drug dealer and make a hell of a lot of cash. But now that Brenda had Crystal and Christopher, God, all of these names in this case are so similar. Now that she had 
these two other people on board, she started to make more detailed plans of Kendra's murder. Brenda had just learned that Ricky was planning to move back to California, which is his hometown, and Kendra was going to go with him. So Brenda's time, if she wanted to carry out this plan, was limited. And the news that Ricky was moving back to California really hit Brenda hard and it almost gave her more motivation to carry out this plan. So Ricky and Kendra were planning on a vacation to Cancun and they were supposed to leave on September 3rd. So Brenda was like, okay, I've got to do it before then. And she decided that she was going to have to kill Kendra on the 2nd of September. So the day before they were supposed to leave for Cancun. So we obviously know that Brenda wants Kendra murdered, but she also was considering getting Ricky beat up and beat up so badly that he would end up in a coma just so Brenda could nurse him back to health. And in Brenda's mind, this would mean that Ricky would fall back in love with her. So Brenda, Crystal and Christopher all followed Kendra for a few days just to learn her routine. And they decided that the best place to carry out the shooting was in the private car park of Kendra's apartment complex. So now we get to the 2nd of September, 2015. So the plan is that Christopher is going to be the one that shoots Kendra. Crystal is going to be the getaway driver. Meanwhile, Brenda is going to be having dinner with a friend, so she has an alibi. So first of all, they need a car. So Crystal phones her friend and she's like, hey, can I borrow your BMW? And her friend is like, yeah, sure, come and get it. So Crystal goes and gets her friend's BMW. And then on the morning of the murder, the car breaks down. So Crystal is like, oh crap, now we don't have a car. We are back to square one. But Brenda is like, don't worry. I have a friend who is a mechanic who might be able to lend us a car and also fix the BMW. Brenda phones up her friend, Jose, and he's like, Jose, I have a car broken down here. I need a car ASAP. Do you have one that I can borrow? And Jose is like, yeah, sure. Don't worry. I'll fix the other car and you can borrow my Jeep Cherokee. And Brenda is like, great. The plan is back on. So now they have a car. Crystal and Christopher drive to Kendra's place of work and they just wait outside in the car, waiting for Kendra to leave. When Kendra leaves work, it's somewhere between 6 and 7 p.m. Crystal and Christopher follow Kendra in her car back to her apartment. Meanwhile, Brenda is having dinner at Chili's with her mechanic friend, Jose. So back at Kendra's apartment, Kendra parks up. She gets out of the car. Christopher jumps on her and he pulls out a gun and aims it at her head and pulls the trigger before running off and jumping back into the getaway car that Crystal is driving. And very tragically, Kendra died instantly of her gunshot wound to the head. So as Crystal and Christopher are driving away, they phone Brenda to tell her that they've done it. And when Brenda receives that call, she is over the moon. She can't believe it. And she thinks that they've gotten away with it. But back in the car park, a passerby discovers Kendra's body and phones the police immediately. And soon the whole car park is turned into this huge crime scene. Meanwhile, Ricky is sat upstairs in Kendra's apartment waiting for her to come back. He doesn't have a clue what is happening. He can hear sirens, but he doesn't know what it's for. And I don't know what happened because remember that Brenda wanted Ricky beaten up. I don't know what happened there, but she clearly changed her mind. So Ricky sat in this apartment. He's starting to become concerned because he's like, Kendra should be home by now. Like what is going on? So he goes down to the car park. And this is when one of the officers told Ricky what had happened. They told Ricky that Kendra had been the victim of an armed robbery because Kendra's purse was missing. So the police put two and two together and they thought, well, because Kendra's purse is missing, someone was clearly trying to rob her. It didn't exactly go well and she got shot. And Ricky is 
absolutely destroyed. He calls his sister. He doesn't know what to do. His sister came straight over to offer help and support. But then Ricky also decides to text another person and tell them what has happened. And that person is Brenda. Brenda, of course, responds immediately and she's like, oh my God, how awful. I can't believe this has happened. What do you need? I'm here. I'm willing to help. Brenda offers to bring Ricky some groceries, which to be honest is very weird. Like why would he all of a sudden need groceries? I know that people do buy people groceries when they're going through a hard time, but Ricky doesn't need groceries right now. But Ricky accepts this offer of groceries. And the very next day, Brenda visits Ricky and brings him groceries groceries and she is absolutely ecstatic because she thinks that her plan is working. However, what Brenda didn't realize that behind the scenes, the police were working on the investigation and catching up to her. At first, the police only had CCTV footage of the getaway vehicle. In the footage, they could see that the car was a black Jeep Cherokee and they could also see that a woman was driving it. But the footage was quite grainy. It wasn't the best. So it was pretty difficult to make out who this woman could be. So they released the CCTV footage to the public in hopes that someone will recognize the woman. It turns out that this helped quite a bit because Jose, you remember the mechanic friend of Brenda, he recognized that the black Jeep Cherokee was actually his black Jeep Cherokee. And he was like, what the hell is my car doing on the news and it was involved in a murder. And of course, Jose knows that Brenda was the one that borrowed that car. So he phones Brenda up and he's like, uh, what the hell has gone on? Why is my car involved in a murder? At this point, Brenda is freaking out and she starts threatening Jose, threatening him with her connections to the cartel. But she also threatens Jose and says that she will get him deported if he doesn't keep his mouth shut. But he ignores Brenda. Clearly he can see through her BS and he goes straight to the police and tells them that is my black Jeep Cherokee and Brenda was the one that borrowed it. Jose also tells the police that Crystal was also involved in borrowing the car as well. So the police are like, okay, we finally have two names. So the police first phone up Ricky and they say, we think that this woman called Brenda Delgado is involved in the murder of Kendra. Do you know who that is? To which Ricky is like, uh, yeah, that's my ex. And as soon as the police hear that Brenda is Ricky's ex, they're like, okay, bingo, we have a motive. The police at this point bring Brenda in for questioning. And the police tell Brenda that they know that she was the one that borrowed the Jeep that day. And at first, Brenda is acting all innocent. And she's like, oh, I don't know what you mean. Like, how did my name come up in this investigation? I have no clue what you're talking about. And Brenda is just trying to act all innocent. And then she starts leaning forward and like pushing her chest up to try and flirt with the detective. Uh, during this point in the, the interview, uh, Ms. Delgado's posture, um, she was wearing a low cut shirt and once I started asking questions that she was having a difficulty answering, I noticed she kept leaning forward, um, almost as pushing her breast up. I don't know if it was some form of distraction. I know some of you are Friends fans. So you know that scene where Rachel and Joey are kissing and uh, <laughs> Ross walks in and Rachel is like, I'm sorry. That is basically what Brenda's doing. What did you learn about Kendra? Um, I have no idea. Like, all, it's like, I kind of see feet, but I really don't know what's going on. Like, I have no idea. But I'm saying, like, let me know how I can help or how can I be a, 
of a sorcerer. The detective is paying her no attention and just ignoring her. And he's like, where were you on the night of the 2nd of September? And Brenda was like, well, I was at dinner with my friend. Look, here's the receipt. And the detective was like, oh my God, I have never seen anybody produce a receipt that quickly. And when Brenda gave the detective the receipt of the Chili's restaurant that she was at, it was so neatly folded and it was just weird. The detective saw right through it. He was like, this is suspicious. And at this point, I think the detective is pretty convinced that Brenda is involved in some way, but he just has no evidence right now. So he changes tactics and he says, listen, I have Crystal in the next room and she's telling me everything. So you need to come clean. But that doesn't work either. So then he changes tactic again and he tries to sympathize with Brenda. He's like, listen, I've had my heart broken as well. I know how hard it is. I can understand. I understand that you felt like you needed to do something to win him back. And it's at this point that Brenda, oh, she starts to crack a little bit. And the detective feels like he's just almost there. He just needs to push her a little bit more. But Brenda, in the end, does not crack and she remains silent. And like I said, the detective at this point is convinced that Brenda is involved in some way, but he just doesn't have any evidence to actually charge her at this point. So he has to let her go. Meanwhile, Crystal is actually being interviewed, but she hasn't confessed to anything either. And the detective shows Crystal the CCTV footage and they're like, this is you driving, isn't it? And Crystal admits that she was the one driving the car. That in the CCTV footage, that is her. But she also says, yeah, that's me, but I don't know anything about a murder. And Crystal just keeps on changing her story every five minutes. One of the stories is that she was taking her son to the park. The other story is that she was meeting a friend for dinner. But obviously all of this is lies and the detectives don't buy any of this. So they keep wearing her down. And eventually Crystal does break and she's like, okay, fine, there was a man. His name is Lamar. I don't know who he is. He put a gun to my head and he threatened me and he made me drive the car. And Crystal is saying like, I'm sorry, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought it was just going to be a robbery. I didn't realize someone was going to get murdered. But the detectives are not buying her story because she's a really bad liar and they just know that she knows more than this, especially because she has now admitted to being the driver. So right now, the detectives can charge her for capital murder. The police take Crystal's phone and they search it, obviously, and they find all of these messages to a man named Christopher Love in the days running up to the murder. And the police are like, oh, I wonder if this is the so-called Lamar. The police go and find Christopher, they arrest him, they search his car, and in his car is the murder weapon. The police then charge Christopher with murder. Police also do end up charging Crystal with murder as well. So the both of them now are murder charges. Figure out, okay, there's no way of getting out of this now. Let's take Brenda down with us. Both of them confess everything and say that Brenda was the mastermind. She should also be charged with murder. Like she is the one responsible for this. So now the police need to go and arrest Brenda, who they have released because they didn't have enough evidence. But Brenda is nowhere to be found. Well, it turns out that as soon as Brenda was released from the police station, she boarded a bus and went straight to Mexico. And the months go by and the police still cannot find Brenda. Brenda was actually hiding out with some family in just a small little town in Mexico. And she was trying to keep a low profile. Like she wasn't going out much. Like she wasn't letting anyone really see her. But the police are not letting this drop. They are not letting Brenda get away. And after six months of being on the run, 
This is when Brenda Delgado was placed on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. And like I said in the intro, this is actually a pretty big deal because Brenda is only the ninth woman in history to be placed on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list. The FBI also offered a $100,000 reward for any information leading to the arrest of Brenda. And obviously money talks because calls were flooding in and the police soon found out that she was hiding out in Mexico. And literally within two days of Brenda being on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list, Brenda was found, arrested and extradited back to the US. The case went to trial and all three, Brenda, Christopher and Crystal were all charged with murder. Prosecution had a pretty strong case against Christopher and Crystal, but they didn't have a really strong case against Brenda. She was going to be the difficult one to convict. And this is when they offered a plea deal to Crystal. If Crystal testified against Brenda, she would be offered a reduced sentence and avoid the death penalty. And Crystal accepted this as part of her deal she was given a 35 year sentence. So now it was just Brenda and Christopher that were on trial. During Brenda's trial, many witnesses were called, including Ricky, uh, Brenda's old roommates and friends who were witness to Brenda's obsession with Ricky and Kendra. And all of the stalking, the obsession, just everything came out in trial. Crystal obviously then gave her testimony and just everything that went down. And in the end, it only took the jury 20 minutes to convict Brenda of the murder of Kendra Hatcher. Christopher at his trial as well was also found guilty for the murder of Kendra Hatcher because he was the one that pulled the trigger. Christopher Love was sentenced to death and Brenda Delgado was given life in prison without the possibility of parole. Brenda managed to avoid the death penalty as Mexican law would not allow her to be extradited back to the US if there was risk of her facing the death penalty. So the prosecution were not even allowed to seek the death penalty in the case of Brenda. Following the trial, Ricky did move back to California to be close to his family and Kendra's family after the trial were just left to pick up the pieces of this absolutely needless horrific crime. Kendra was only 35 years old when she was murdered. She was so incredibly young and she had so much more of her life to live. She had so much to give as well. She was such a kind-hearted generous person and she was living her best life just before she was murdered. She had an amazing job. She had amazing people around her. She'd found the love of her life. She was going to start a new life with Ricky in California. They were probably going to get married down the line and tragically all of that was taken away because of Brenda. I think it's pretty clear what Brenda's motive was for this crime, jealousy. What I struggle to wrap my head around is the motives of Christopher and Crystal. Crystal was a single mom, she had no money and she needed to provide for her child. So I can 100% wrap my head around somebody in Crystal's position turning to lower level crime to survive. I can 100% understand that. But what I cannot understand is why someone, anyone, but why Crystal would turn to murder for $500. You would assume, you would want to assume she was doing this to provide for her son in some kind of sick way. Well, who's providing for her son now? And I really hope that he's doing okay. I hope that he's safe and I hope that he's happy. Why did she not consider that? And Christopher, <laughs> He just wanted to start a prostitute ring. And in this case, Brenda has destroyed so many people's lives. It's actually ridiculous. And that brings
brings us to the end of this episode. There are no updates on the case of Brenda Delgado. So thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And I would really love it if you could leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios and I'll see you all in the next one. Thank you.